The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We are the Unpacked Podcast from acmepackingcompany.com and SB Nation on Twitter at the Unpack Pod. On Instagram for no reason at the Unpack Pod. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash the Unpack Pod. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Like the person who said this podcast spews disinformation regularly and is dangerous for sports media. <laughs> That's how you know you're doing a good job, guys. I am Zach Rapport in Albuquerque and um the, uh, the Packers are getting players back, but at APC, they're dropping like flies. So today's rotational sub-linebacker is Justice Mosqueda. <laughs> Justice, say what's up to the people. Uh, what's up to the people? I'm glad I'm officially designated as dangerous now. There we go. <laughs> I've been called a lot of things. Dangerous, I don't think, is one of them. So that's nice. Add it to the list. Yeah, I don't, uh, you know, it's, we've got so many more shows in the feed now that, like, it used to be. I did everything. So every review that came in, I was like, oh, that's about me. But now I don't know if it's about me. I feel like reporting is eligible. They're pretty, um, they let their flags fly as well. And um, some people don't like it. Some people don't like it out there. So I would say if uh, you've gotten this far in the season and you like our show and you haven't given us a review, let's balance the scales and just hit that. You don't even need to type anything. Just hit the five star, (laughs) please. Just put, he's coming back. Yes. Five star review. He's, He's coming, coming back. That's a direct <laughs> order from corporate overlord uh Justice Mosqueda. He's coming back. Five star review. <laughs> um anyway, super uh super de duper wild card weekend, I guess. The dust settles, and it is the uh 49ers who are slated to come to Lambeau for the divisional round of the playoffs. We're gonna talk a bit about that later in the show, but I thought we would um take the first half of the show to reflect back on wildcard weekend. Got some stress-free football that the Packers did not have to participate in. That was nice. But before we do that really quickly, um, I would be remiss if I didn't say congratulations to listener Matthew Grosser, who is this year's unpack podcast listener pick'em league champion. So he gets the polite golf clap props to Matthew, who by the way, Lives in London, um, so yet another non-American listener taking the crown. I think that this is the fifth year that we've done this. 
I believe Team USA is one for five. So not a good look for the homeland fans here. Justice, you've got you've got a big following. I know that you've you know some fans and analysts overseas that you talk to. What's what's the deal with them uh, eating our football information lunch here lately? They seem to know their stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just more likely to sign up. I don't know. They they don't have to deal with uh, Skip Bayless and uh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, during the day, you know, on every television or bar television, whatever. So they just come to podcasts, I guess. I can't help myself um, every time either the Cowboys lose or the the Packers win in a big spot. I can't help myself but kind of click on when Skip Bayless is trending on Twitter and just kind of see (laughs) the conversation. I was listening to Levitard show and they said the entire show. It was just Cowboys Niners talk. Yeah. Like they never moved a second <laughs> off of that game. There's a whole weekend of games. There was what, uh, six of them? And the only game that they touched was just Cowboys Niners. It was, uh, it was one of the more, um, interesting game. Well, why don't we just get right, right into it? Um, we're going to do note nugs. No Packer game, obviously, this weekend. Um, Again, all treated to a few days of stress-free football. Um, so my note nug, we'll just jump right into it, is I think it is officially too much football. <laughs> um, they had a good thing going for a while, having tweaked the last week of the 16-game season. So like more of those games were competitive. More of them were consequential. There was a few years where I really feel like they hit a sweet spot, and the last week of the season was fun again. Then they added the extra week. That's thrown a wrench into all that. The final week of the season was mostly unwatchable. Again, kind of back to square one there. Um, And then we've got extra playoff teams. And let me tell you, I watched a bunch of wildcard football this weekend, and most of it was just bad. Um, I'll do some some rough math for you, and I tweeted about this a little bit last night. But I looked at the the top 10 teams uh, in the league in terms of point differential. Uh, over the course of the the regular season, the Bills are an outlier there. They averaged outscoring opponents like 12 and a half points all year, including their losses, which is just nuts. But anyway, the 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 number came that I came up with was around seven and change. So the top 10 teams in point differential averaged seven more points than opponents over the course of the season. This weekend, the average point differential was you do you want to wager a guess? <laughs> uh I mean, like 12 or something. 17. Yeah, geez. I mean, some of these games didn't need to happen. Like, I know, I know the two seven seeds were like the games of wildcard weekend last year. But <laughs> look at these Eagles and look at these Steelers and look at me in the eyes and tell me those teams deserve to play a playoff game. The only thing it did was like make the Chiefs, you know, prepare for another opponent and make the Bucks prepare for another opponent. This yeah, week. just gave them extra practice. Uh, you say, look at the Steelers. I don't want to look at the Steelers. I want to look away. <laughs> I can't. I'm That's so fair. happy. I never have to watch. Hopefully, Ben Roethlisberger make another two yard pass again as long as I live. I, I fell asleep at, at uh, I, I napped at halftime of both of those games, and I'm very proud of my decision because I, I woke up. It was, what was it? They kicked the field goal to go up 17-0 in the Bucks game. I had a long night the night before. My buddy crashed, uh, stayed in my my office on the futon. And I was like, you know what? I had a long night. I don't think I need to see the end of this game. And when I woke up, it was 31-0. And I was like, I feel refreshed. And I made a way better decision. <laughs> so I'm sure go. there's plenty of people listening to this who are just like, 
All right, it's time to get the uh, stuff done around the house because this is my window before the actual good game starts. Yeah, I um I didn't watch all the games super intently. The only one I watched was um 49ers Cowboys, which I'm glad that I did. All the rest of them, I just you know we're just my uh, wife and I just watching TV, and I'll just like have it on my phone on the side, and I'm just like shaking my head <laughs> for hours at a time. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I don't know," just watching terrible terrible football the um the 49ers and Cowboys game was at least entertaining but that was some sloppy ass football too man so sloppy uh the Cowboys had you know a billion penalties um they started doing the the full house formation that everyone who's watched McCarthy Green Bay Packers do um they they did it with two offensive linemen too which like I just don't understand at all they they did so much stuff and then the end game situation obviously Looked very goofy in that, you know, they thought that they had a couple more seconds than than they actually had. And the umpire wasn't getting there fast enough. And it, anyone in that situation knows, like, you have to talk to the umpire in that yeah, spot and like yeah. give him a heads up. Yeah, I heard you And it just about seemed that. like he never got relayed that damn message. And that really does fall on McCarthy. I know a lot of people were debating, like, was this a McCarthy thing or was this a Kellen Moore thing? And it's like. It go the calls go through the head coach, especially in situational yeah. football. Like, <clears throat> yeah, at the very least, you have to sign off on it. So. And that's always been a McCarthy weak point is game management and and situational football. You know, he and Dak can talk all they want about how often they practice that play, the the QB draw up the middle. But it, it, there's there's different circumstances, yardage, time on the clock. When you practice it, are you practicing like? Do you have some like an umpire who's got to run like 35 <laughs> yards? Well, they, all they of that do stuff. do that, but he's probably aware of the situation. Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. Th- see, that's what I mean. Is yeah. you you have to talk to that because refs will work with you a little. Like they're not trying to hose you completely. Right, like right. if he if he knew that that play was coming, he probably has a little bit more pep in his step. Um, and maybe he should have had more awareness in that spot, knowing that they only had you know 12 seconds on the clock or whatever. But you gotta be you gotta talk to him at the very least and say, hey, like if you could get on your horse here, that that would be great because yeah. we're trying to win this damn ball game. Yeah. Well, it's like anything. Uh he dropped one. <laughs> he dropped Did a couple. He dropped a couple. He dropped a it's like anything. He also talked about the uh the weird punt. You saw the weird punt situation, the go for Where they, it and then they kept hurry the up. punt team on the field. So did you hear the explanation of why they did the hurry up? I didn't stuff? illuminate oh. me. So <laughs> I, I had to listen to the uh, the post-game presser because when I see something that weird, it, like, irks me. Like, what, like, do gotta, what do they got to say about that? Yeah, it, like, gets under my skin. So I'm like, I need to know, like, what your thinking was. And it, So I guess his thought was they go out there and punt in that situation. They knew San Francisco was going to stay in defense stay. So if you look at that, that uh, play, it's actually San Francisco's defense. It's not even their punt return team. Um, they're they're in like their base four three if that if that makes any sense. Basically, Josh Norman doesn't look to uh, to stop you know the gunner downfield at all. His back is turned. He doesn't know the ball is going to get completed until it's already there. Um, <clears throat> so I guess that's something that they saw on tape, and that's why they went for that fake punt pass. The reason they did the hurry up was I guess they wanted to keep that personnel on the field, and they had another play to run with it which I assume can only be like some sort of like that McAfee play, right? That, that we saw a couple of years ago yes. where it was like that, that weird situation, Colts Pats, and then it, it didn't end up going right. Um, but here's the problem. So the umpire spots the ball and he gives San Francisco an opportunity to sub onto the field. 
because a player from Dallas's sideline celebrated and walked onto the field. So then they counted that as a substitution change. So they no longer could. So they no longer could keep that defense stay personnel on the field. San Francisco puts in their nickel defense, and Dallas is just like, okay, so we can't run that play. But like our punters on the field. If you watch the replay, the long snapper is standing like two yards away from the football the entire time the punter is running laps trying to get San Francisco to call a timeout because the long snapper knows if I touch this football, I can't go off the field and I'm not snapping this thing right now. Mind you, this is with an offensive line that was averaging like 246 pounds and a punter who is just doing laps in the backfield. So they have to get a late swap because a, a, a player celebrated onto the field, negating, you know, keeping the defense basically trapped onto that field. And uh, they ended up having to uh, get up. What was it? Delay of game because they sub so late. Yeah, that was a mess. Yeah, a mess. The, the, the <laughs> we're going to hurry up after a fake punt. Is just the most galaxy brain play that I've ever seen in the NFL, <laughs> having your punter out there. And it looked like they were trying to bait San Francisco into calling a timeout. Yeah. And San Francisco's like, why am I calling? It's a first and 10. Your punter's on the field. You don't have an offensive lineman and my defense is out there. Why am I the, why, why do I have to call the timeout? Man, that's, I'm going to, I'm going to think long and hard about going back in post-production and putting the Benny Hill music behind your whole explanation of everything that happened It's terrible. There. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> just a mess and then afterwards they're all blaming the refs when like you can get mad at the ref for not being you know fast enough to spot the damn ball in that situation but i don't think they they hosed him i mean dak was saying like oh it's okay to throw beers at the refs and stuff like that mm, post game not like, a good ah, luck for dak yeah you guys did plenty to lose that football game yeah plenty when the cowboys hired uh mike mccarthy our buddy rj ochoa um reached out to me on Twitter and we had a little back and forth in the DMS. Um, and he's like, all right, what, am, what are we getting ourselves into? Is this a coach I can get behind? And I was like, listen, man, he's an upgrade. Organizationally speaking, he is far and away an upgrade for you guys. Um, he's a program manager. He, I was like trying to give him <laughs> all the positives first. I was trying to front load the good stuff, but you know, I had to sell it to him straight. I was like, but you know, eventually game management it's going to lose you games or cause games to be closer than they should we've seen it we saw it at a certain there was like a tipping point in the mccarthy area where we just saw it like twice a year every year after a certain point and it's just that's just at a certain point you are who you are <laughs> it's like anything yep and and he rj speaking of rj he, he was out here with his chest out on a uh, game day to adding uh kyle posey who runs niners nation talking about Today is the day the McCarthy doubters get silent. And since then, KP, KP's been in the uh, SB Nation uh, community slack just saying, like, anytime anyone needs any help, he's like, RJ's free. RJ's free. RJ's not doing anything. His team's out. So we're probably going to get KP. K, KP's feeling himself a little bit. Uh, we're probably going to get KP on the Friday show to preview uh, Niners Packers. But j just know ahead of time, K KP feels vindicated already. Yes. So that's another person puffing their chest out. That always goes well. I uh, I had screenshotted too, and, and I'm gonna I I really like RJ. We have good conversations, and I'm gonna throw him under the bus here a little bit. But he had tweeted out a couple weeks. I think it was either the last game of the season and the second to last. Um, the Cowboys just romp someone, and he tweeted out the the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I screenshotted it because I was like, nope, that is very unlikely to happen. And uh, I had fun circulating that in the APC <laughs> Slack chat after that game. 
Uh, quickly before break, uh, do you have a, a note nug, something coming out of this weekend? My note nug is Matthew Stafford has finally won a playoff game in my lifetime, and the Detroit Lions have not. He deserves it. The Lions have not. I think the Lions have won like one playoff game since like 1955, which is like when my grandpa was like three. Yeah. I'm knowing the math right. So <laughs> goodness gracious, man, like that, that they need a win. And it's got to be tough to see the guy who you were trying to build around for a decade go out and win, you know, immediately and be an immediate upgrade over the quarterback that you just got back in return. I know yeah. there were picks exchanged, but still, I mean, in that reboot button has got to hurt a little bit. And I know, I actually like their head coach. I like Dan Campbell. I yeah. think he's like, he's not Joe Judge is the best way to kind of explain him. Like, he's culture guy who is not Joe Judge. Yeah. Th- there's such a big difference yeah. um, in terms of like being able to understand like the modern athlete and, and being able to actually get them to rally around. Um, that team has never quit, and I think they're on the right track. But, buddy, do they have to get a polar <laughs> up a huge mountain before yeah. this starts looking good for them? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Not to hate on Matthew Stafford. He's a very good, if not very flawed quarterback. And you see that from time to time. But, um, I always, you know, I always thought he was getting hosed, uh, in Detroit. So I'm, I'm happy for him for the moment to get that, to get that win. But, and people always bring up, you know, this is the franchise that made Barry Sanders retire early. This is the franchise that made Calvin Johnson retire early. This is the franchise that uh, force Matthew Stafford to demand a trade. People forget Rob Gronkowski damn near retired from football when they were going to trade him to Detroit too. We almost added Rob Gronkowski <laughs> to the list of retirements that Detroit forced, right? You, I remember uh, they, they talked about him in the Fox pregame show. I think it was the year that he was out of football. And he was like, yeah, they told me I was going to Detroit. And I told him, you can't do that because now I'm retired. So what are you going to do? Man. And I guess it worked. That used to, So my dad... Uh, used to tell me when I was a kid um, because I, I came of age watching Brett Favre is like when I started watching football and uh, my dad had suffered through the 30 years of darkness. Um, and he was like, the Packers were the team for the longest time that if you were messing up at practice, did something the coach didn't like, they would say, we're going to send you to green Bay. So like now that's Detroit, <laughs> or maybe it's always been Detroit. I don't know, right. but Oh man. Although I will say, um, all the Lions fans that I know personally are very self-aware and for the most part, pretty nice about how their team always sucks. <laughs> it's the, the Lions are fine. It's when you start talking about the University of Michigan that it, it starts to spiral a little bit. And they're like, what do you mean, little brother? <laughs> That's a good spot to break. All right. We are <laughs> we're going to take a quick break when we come back. Uh, news and haikus. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back, and uh, I'm going to hit the sounder and just usher us right back, right into the spa. 
A lot of bad football this weekend. A lot of blowouts. A lot of watching Ben Roethlisberger. Let's just wash it all away. Ghosts of playoffs past. You don't scare me anymore. Bring on Jimmy G. Now I'm puffing my chest out because I feel I've seen a, a lot of sort of preemptive negativity from some Packers fans. There's, I mean, I get it, it's the playoffs. It's elimination of football. There's a lot of butt cheek clenching going on, but I feel not worried. I feel not too worried. Am I crazy? Is Jimmy Garoppolo the worst quarterback left in the playoffs? I mean, that, that's what I keep coming back mm. to. And I know people, they're worried about San Francisco. But if you're going to be worried about San Francisco, you're going to be worried about everyone. You know, yeah. that's a, that's a uh, you know, if you're scared, go to church uh, situation, I think. Like, <laughs> you'd rather see the Rams. The Rams are more efficient on offense. They have superstars on the defensive side. Yeah. But you'd rather see Tampa. Tampa's the one team that I'm, like, actually super worried about Same. Like, in terms of matchups. So I, I'd rather see San Francisco here. I mean, I know everyone was rooting to get Philadelphia, but uh, Philadelphia was just that was outclassed. was never going to happen. It wasn't yeah. going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Somehow, uh, that defensive coordinator in Philadelphia, who I know he's been limited because of his personnel, especially at safety, but is playing the most bland scheme in the league. He's getting interviews to be a NFL head coach. And I'm like, I don't get it. And there was no, you know, the ringer never wrote, you know, that X and O's article about how smart the, uh, Eagles defensive coordinator is, you know, stuff like that. Like that wasn't the conversation we were having about this guy. And for some reason he's getting looks. So I do not understand the coaching hiring industrial complex and like that whole process. It's just mystifying. And in some cases, mystifyingly stupid to me. I was talking about this the other day, um, on, on our Slack chat, but, um, Dan Quinn is like getting, head coaching and like failed head coach Dan Quinn goes back to being a DC where he's very comfortable and is a, is a perfectly capable DC, but you already knew that. And then he does a pretty good job in Dallas and now he's getting head coaching like job offers again or, or interviews at least. And what is, what did anyone see from him going back to being a DC in Dallas that made them think, Oh, he should get another shot at being a head coach. The jobs aren't remotely related. No, they're and they're very different. And yeah. That's the whole point. It's the same thing with um, general manager. Like general manager is a position where I'm like, if you have a general manager thought on a guy who hasn't already been a general manager. You're you're just projecting. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Like, there's there's no way anyone knows the head coaching thing. I, I almost feel like the AHCs, the, you know, assistant head coaches or whatever, are almost like more qualified to do a head coach, like actual head coach. Absolutely. Job. Than the coordinators. And there's not even that many people who become a coordinator, go be a head coach, and then are still the play caller, yeah. especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, certainly you have input, but those are two full-time jobs by themselves. You know, that everyone can't be, you know, McVay or LaFleur or Shanahan and kind of be a natural and see it from the field level instead of the booth. Like yeah. we're we're talking about guys like uh the guy in Buffalo, um, Dayball, right? Yeah. He, co he coaches from the booth. So how are you projecting him to be a play caller from the booth to being an on-field head coach? Like that's in, tra in charge of structure during the entire week of the season and basically in charge of the franchise. Like 
those are two such completely different jobs. That so different. I think to me, it makes way more sense to hire a Dan, Cam- a Dan Campbell, who is an assistant head coach at, you know, a very good program that isn't super well funded yeah. versus a day ball who's coaching in a booth, you know? Yep. I don't get it. Um, you write some, uh, you write some poetry. I sure did. That's why we like you. You participate in our stupid goofiness. Oh, when in Rome. (laughs) Young Kyle Shanahan. Maybe not the tree's apple. Matt over McVeigh? (laughs) I'm ready for the takes. We got all three of them left in the NFC playoffs. I think we got the best coach. I think we got the best team. I need him to come out with a win. You think we got the best coach? Yeah, I do. I think Kyle should not talk to the players. And I think McVay is fine. I, I, I think McVay is fine. I think he just wants to be in a booth at some point. He wants to win a ring, and then he wants to do Monday Night Football for 10 years. Yeah. He's so sharp looking. <laughs> he just wants to have they a were, microphone. They interviewed him last offseason, and you, you don't get a $10 million offer without at least being halfway interested. And yeah. I think a lot of the reason why the Rams are so forward in terms of like, hey, let's just use future assets right now is because McVay's like, I'm I'm not going to be here in three years. Yeah. So why the hell do I care about these draft picks? Yeah. Man, play some Madden, learn some stuff, burn bright, get a booth job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad gig, man. <laughs> the booth jobs might be the best jobs like in the world. You're getting $10 million a year to call... 16 games yeah not bad there's, there's a there's lot like, worse work there's, man there's prep work involved there's travel but it's uh, but compared to like you know head coaching like we were just talking about it's just it's night and day in terms of what you're being asked to do and what you're responsible for yes. you're not really res- you're not responsible for anything other than sounding smart and knowing everyone who's on the field and <laughs> also that monday night night booth the moment anyone competent steps into that Monday night booth, they're going to be the most loved broadcaster in America. Yeah. I, yeah. they've been so bad for so long. They're going to be, yeah. The person who saved Monday night football. Right. Can we just talk about how bad that booth is? <laughs> it's like... it's terrible. Lewis Riddick was, was he got mad about the, uh, there was a double pass on a third and 16. And he was like, you know, what I don't like about these trick plays is it shows that you're scared. Why can't you just run your base offense? It's third and 16, Lewis. Yeah. It's third and 16. You can't run your base offense. Yeah. And they were like down two <laughs> touchdowns at that point. What are you talking about? Why can't you just line up and do what you do better than what they do? It's like, no. It's just, why can't no. you just run downhill for yeah. 16 minutes? <laughs> do you just not want it enough? Settle down, Lewis. Apparently, people don't like Levy. I think Levy's fine, but like, Lewis and Greasy just talking over each other, trying to outshine each other and be the single guy in the booth is just entirely too much. Yeah. And it just, there was a moment when they got this booth together where I was like, all right, this is a little better. This is an improvement. And then I watched well, it. was worse. I will say Witten was worse. Yeah. But that was a very low bar. It's a low bar. Yeah. How can, how can they keep getting it so wrong? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You hear they're trying to like pay Peyton and stuff, and Peyton's like, "Nope, I want to do this little production thing because I'm trying to get money together to buy an NFL team." And then yeah. Sean McVay's turning down ten million dollars a year, and you're like, "There's got to be someone out there." Like Greg Olson is like, "What the? Why CBS would Peyton do number it? Number two team or whatever? Why like, would Peyton? 
Peyton just logs on to Zoom every week <laughs> and people watch that instead. Why would he do that? Why would he leave that? Uh, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing over there. Um, I'm trying to think what else we can uh, we can talk about. Um, injury. Well, there was this report. I'll, I'll give you this. We wrote this up on APC. Uh, Jason McIntyre from Fox Sports 1. This is what he tweeted. Texas, someone in San Francisco about 90 minutes ago asking about Jimmy G. Lots of rumors about the hand and shoulder are not good. Like, quote, may not start, unquote, good. And the line is surged market-wide to Green Bay minus six. Somebody has even more intel. Um, I can tell you from the DraftKings numbers that were sent to us because we have a partnership with DraftKings, about 70% of the money and on the uh, money line and the straight-up picks are coming in on Green Bay. The game opened up at five and a half, dipped down to five, and then has since jumped back up to six. Yeah. Um, I would assume a lot of the DraftKings money is, you know, just kind of public bets, if, if that makes any sense, if you're just strictly targeting or, or, or uh, bidding people as, you know, sharps or uh, the public. But uh, worth worth noting, because, you know, Shanahan said after the game, like, he's fine, but that's always been something that Shanahan does. I mean, Shanahan did that earlier in the season. He did that last year where he's like, yeah. Jimmy will play through the pain, and then Jimmy's like, I don't know, man. So, there's potential, at least, you know, we're talking about this on, on Tuesday. There's certainly a whole lot more that needs to get done before they fly out on Friday. But there's a chance Trey Lance might be asked to win his first uh, road game in his NFL career, you know, in sub sub-zero windchill Lambo. Are you even less worried about this game if it's Trey Lance who gets the start? Or more? Because so. he's got like, I don't know, I just feel like... Um, Packers fans, and we saw a little bit of this on on our uh, on our Slack channel. But our, there's there's scarring from uh, like Kaepernick playoff games. It's not the same team, obviously, but there's scarring from that. There's scarring from any time basically a backup quarterback is is forced into duty who is remotely mobile. It's like oh no for the Packers. <laughs> do you feel any of that, or you you don't care? A little bit, but I do think like his accuracy isn't even in a spot where Tyler Huntley's is mm, right now. Mm. And we saw kind of how that matchup worked out. Yeah. Um, he certainly does have more big play potential than Huntley. Yeah. But over the course of a game, I think it's with either quarterback, honestly, it's just Rogers against, you know, that quarterback room. And I think Rogers outplays him. I, I would say, you know, Lance on the road, you know, in that environment, yeah. to, you know, at the very least is, is completely different. San Francisco, I think hasn't really played a cold weather game. Um, I believe they went three and two on the road with two overtime wins and the other win being the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, since like October. So it's not like they've had like these cold weather road games that they've been able to win yeah. or anything like that. And it's not like they've looked great on the road either. So I don't know. Um, I'm pretty optimistic about this game, frankly. And I think that line, you know, around six is, is probably right. It's probably going to be decided by a field goal or a touchdown somewhere around there. So I, I like it, um, and the Packers are getting a little healthier. Billy Turner, um, full full practice this week, or you know, on on Tuesday, which is their their first practice of the week. Um, the only guys who were limited were, uh, I think it was Jair and uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yep. So you know, Kingsley Kiki is back. Uh, Aaron Jones, full participant. Devondre Campbell, full participant after not playing in Week 16. Does Zadarius play? So Zadarius hasn't been activated off of. Uh, injured reserve yet, but he has been designated as you know designated to return. How long is that um, he window? Was practicing today, so is Whitney Merciless. So mm. fingers crossed. They have to make a decision on Cobb 
by Thursday. That's the big one because Cobb, basically, when when you're on the injured injured reserve, you could start practicing with the team. But once you start practicing with the team, your 21 day right. practice clock starts, right. and then by day 21, they have to then decide like, are we activating you or are we keeping you on the injured reserve? That's what happened to Bakhtiari, if you guys remember that. Yeah, it was that 21st day, and they were like, well, we'll activate you. You're not necessarily even going to play in these games, but we don't want you on injured reserve for the remainder of the season. So right. um, Merciless and Zadarius Smith and uh, even Ty Summers is designated to return, you know, as a special team, special teams guru, Ty Summers. <laughs> yeah. So, so they're guys who can be activated maybe next week yeah. if needed, if they can't go this week. Yeah. But Cobb is the one where they have to make that decision for him to at the very least take a 53 man roster spot. Right. Maybe catch some punts. I don't know. Is more is coming back, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, David Moore was protected today. He was one of their practice squad protections. Excellent. And they usually use practice squad protections for uh, like, you know, Kurt Benkert or the punter or a backup long snapper. You know, th- those kind of situations where it's like if our entire room gets infected with COVID or something like that, right. or our punter is out. We need someone who at least has been in practice. Um, the only other guy who who is protected, I believe, who doesn't fit that criteria is David Moore. And usually that guy's that Juwan Winfrey or Ben Braden who gets called up from the practice squad. Yeah. If, uh, if Amari Rogers is back there receiving kicks, do we riot? <laughs> the kicks he's not bad at. It's the punts. It's the punts. He just yeah. can't, he can't feel the punts. I'm okay with him returning the kicks. It's the punts that I don't like. Do you know for, uh, for anyone out there, the, the difference technically in fielding those two different kinds of, uh, of balls, the, the punts hang in the air. Like that's the whole point of the punt is like, hang time matters so much. I mean, we saw, you know, in that Dallas game where the punter hits the uh, jumbotron up there. I mean, they're trying to sky it up there so that the, you know, the defense or the punt team is able to get under the ball and, you know, get right in their face. That's why people talk about, you know, out kicking your coverage and stuff like that. Yeah. It's usually a punt that goes really far, but doesn't get a lot of air under it. So your defense is basically playing, you know, open field tackle drill, which is not what you want to see. So some of it might be that, but it like, Sometimes it just feels like the yips to him where, you know, he's putting the diamond out like he's trying to catch a, a ball over the middle as a wide receiver. And it's like no one has what ever, you, yeah, what you ever, doing? ever, ever taught you to, to feel the punt like that. And it's not like you didn't have experience doing this stuff at like Clemson. So some of it just kind of feels like a rookie in his head a yeah. little bit. But he's doing solid on kick returns, which is the weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I've said all along that like I've. I still firmly believe that like he has the skill set to be a useful offensive player. Might take a little while to to develop, but like that's just the the punts, man. It's it's been it's been hard to watch. And now it's elimination football, so butt cheeks are clenched. <laughs> I'll say that. Absolutely. The the other thing, the offensive line, um, this might be the first time that we get that look of the actual best starting five out there. Right. Yeah. If the first snap of the game is, uh, you know, Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, uh, Lucas Patrick, and Billy Turner, it'll be the first snap they've taken together all season, which is amazing to think about. Yeah. Oh, crazy. That's the long game, though. So far, it's so far, it's worked out. It's all going according and we'll get Bakhtiari Everyone's back. getting healthier. Yeah. The NFL was apparently just done testing for COVID. No one's gotten sick. No one's been placed on the list. Yeah. And forever. Great, we got but... the last guy off in uh, Lucas Patrick. So fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. No one gets COVID and it goes unreported and then they affect a bunch of other people. Oh, I got opinions. Leave that iTunes review. 
<laughs> everybody. <laughs> He's coming back. Five stars. Remember. <laughs> exactly right. I think um I think that's gonna do it for us. We've we've gabbed enough. I'm gonna hit the polka. The uh white people mariachi music. <laughs> Uh, Love me an accordion. Yeah, man. It's upbeat. It's happy. Makes you want to... It's party music. A beer. Yeah, exactly. Justice, man, thank you on short notice for all season long, pretty much, being ready to step up when I need you. I really appreciate it. It's next man up for everyone. Damn straight. Uh, Alex is out of town. Ben works a crazy job. Hopefully they'll be back next week. Um... Keep it locked into the feed for the rest of the week here. Reporting as eligible. They're going to let their flag fly on Thursday and then Friday. Intercepted previewing the game. Justice, you are going to be talking to who? Kyle Posey of Niners Nation, and he's bringing the heat. So. Bringing the heat. Chest puffed out. So get ready for that. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed some stupid football last week. Let's watch some football that counts this weekend. Later. Later.